system with um, George Floyd and all the innocent black women, men, children, trans, just black lives. Um, we, me and Koss definitely thought this would be uh, something we wanted to talk about, you know, sooner rather than later. And I know we kind of talk about a whole host of things of relationships, mental health, and like being able for us to talk about systemic racism, um, police brutality, that means a whole lot because when we are talking on this podcast about things about our lives, things like that, we're wanting these things to, you know, be funny, but also wanting these things to help change, to help grow, you know, to help you grow. And I know one of the things that I uh, mean, costs were, you know, are like a hundred percent agreeing upon is like we want to leave a legacy where people can like go further further in life and learn from our mistakes and like how can we like truly love each other and all of our differences but um i just wanted to start the show off just saying that um black lives do matter and this episode will have zero uh dating type of things we're going to just have a serious conversation and we'll definitely talk about mental health but um yeah. Yeah. If I could pitch in, um, yeah, you know, 100%. I think it's important for anyone that has a platform, you know, even if ours is really small, uh, just if you have a platform, be able to spread uh, knowledge, spread um, just anything in terms of creating that equality and just information um, to, ma- to no matter who sees it or, you know, how it affects someone. I think it's important to use uh, your platform and that's what we're doing today. And yeah. Um, usually we would do, you know, the more jovial play, no games, but, um, because of filming, I don't want to, uh, you know, I believe I may have this number wrong, but 
I know that guy kneeled on his neck for like eight minutes. He had like 30 seconds of uh, silence for all, everyone because I don't want um, to exclude anyone else. Amar Arbery, all these other people. I just want to just have a 30 seconds of silence and, you know, memory of all the people lost to senseless racism and uh, police brutality. So, um, thank you. Um, thank you, uh, uh, cost for, you know, uh, to, you know, easily, you know, even though one, I just want to give a shout out to you. Cause when I brought this up to you, <coughs> um, I don't know why I was kind of like, even though I knew you were going to say you wouldn't have a problem or you say yes, but I was kind of like, uh, I definitely want to talk about this talk about all these things that are going on. So I just want to say, I appreciate you for hopping on and being able to, you know, have a difficult conversation and um, yeah, and just being like a true, like co-host, being a true partner, being a true friend and being able to want to have this conversation. No, of course. Like, like I, like I reached out to you. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for, you know, the African-American community, whatever you need. I'm here. I'm doing, I'm trying to do my part. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, um, not to challenge anyone's intelligence, but, um, if you live up, you know, under a rock, uh, uh, there's a lot of protesting and, um, a lot of rioting and looting. We'll get on to that momentarily, but, um, also there's COVID and stuff still going on. Um, but let's just start with, um, not to challenge anyone's intelligence. So pretty much. Um, I'm just going to say allegedly a lot with different stuff, you know, I'm going to try to keep some of my, you know, beliefs and stuff kind of not hidden, but like, I just wanted to say allegedly. So, um, for who don't know, Floyd, uh, went to a store and he was called in by the one store clerk about having, um, a fake $20 check or a fake $20 bill. And then the police arose, um, and the situation just from there escalated um, and the escalation led to his death. And that led to an officer trying to, one, I will say, because there's video evidence of this, he was already in the police car and then they drug him out of the police car. So he's already restrained. And then three people um, restraining him and one guy kneeling on his neck for uh, eight, eight minutes. And then on top of that, you have civilians telling you that, you know, this person, saying that they can't breathe and I hate the notion of really like you can't breathe you can't talk we have residual like our lungs like I'm not a medical dude but like we still have air in our lungs when we're yeah. being when we're being choked and suffocated and you you, you said I know you're a fighter where it's kind of like we, we have bags of air so yes we're using our reserves like yeah I, I mean even when you're like employing like a rear naked choke you can still say like you 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 tap but you can even say it out loud like tap tap you still have enough to like gasp out i think i think honestly human bodies are made that way so um, yeah 
So I'll I'll just start right there. I that that notion pisses pisses me off. But <clears throat> long story short, uh, this sparked this whole big conversation about um, <clears throat> about police brutality, about racism, systemic oppression, and all this stuff. But uh, before I go in, I definitely want to give stage to you. So like, I have a whole host of things that I really want to unload a clip on. But I'm like, what are what are your thoughts, you know, of you being a white man? Like, what are, what, what, what's going on? Higher, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, when I heard about it, I remember, I forgot who I first saw it from. It might have been someone I follow on Instagram, or it might have been someone somewhat famous. I remember, though, Stephen Jackson being the first guy I heard talk about it, because Stephen Jackson is a personal friend, or was a personal friend of George Floyd. Um, and he was extremely outraged when he first came out, which was understandable. I think he said, like, I don't know if someone killed that cop, it wouldn't be like the worst thing in the world, something along those lines, which I was like, that's totally understandable. And then it like slowly escalated and escalated up until like the weekend where stuff really got pretty serious um, in terms of protests and how outspoken people got. But I don't, as a white man in this country, I don't know. I can't imagine. I can't, you know just think about what it's like, you know, to be black, to be a black man walking, the looks you get, the way people kind of treat you, talk with you and whatnot. Closest thing I can say, you know, being an immigrant, sometimes in public, I speak Romanian with my parents, we get weird looks. That's the only thing I can say, you know, I somewhat like stick out. But other than that, I mean, being a white man, I just kind of fit in line and I don't really get asked questions. I don't really get in trouble. Or if I, you know, if I do talk to the cops, I never like, it's never a high tension situation. It's never like, I'm never fearing my life most of the time. So I can't, I can't really imagine what that's like. Um, and that is like, and that's the contrast I want our viewers and for us to have a conversation with is like, and this will kind of go further into protesting, kneeling, all these different things where it's kind of like, you were just saying that when you interact with police, like, dying is not one of the options. It's like, for me, growing up, um, having multiple conversations of like, <clears throat> when you go into the store, you know, there's a lot of funny, like, you know, black things where like, oh, you know, black parents don't play. But let's be 100% honest, they're like this, where they have this intensity, is because if their parents don't call them out on this, what happens if that kid's in a situation where black kids aren't looked at as kids? where like, they're like, it's always an amplifier. Like, this is a bad kid. Or I've worked in plenty of summer camps of like, we have two kids who are like equally as unruly. There's more consequences for <clears throat> uh, black kids and things like that. And as a counselor and things like that, not uh, mental health, but like, just like a uh, camp counselor, things like that. I made sure to equal that out and to take as, as equal amount of time I was working with other, uh, white kids or non-black kids where I'm like, yo, what else is going on? But I also saw a lot of people was like, oh, this is a problem kid, this is a bad kid. But it's just, it's just us being instilled, it's, it's, it's hard, it's just like, yo, it's like where it's not like, it's like a secret society where it's like being told that, Robert, if you don't act like this or if you don't say this or your life's in danger, where I think a lot of people don't understand is, I think about race all the fucking time. I don't get a break. I actually posted a pretty funny meme of Miles Morales being Spider-Man and Peter Parker training him. And he was like, yo, my Spidey sense. He's like, 
uh, it alerts you to danger. <laughs> and he's like, it, it lets you know when there's danger. And Miles says like, yo, does it ever turn off? And he's like, yeah, of course. But he's like, mine never turns off. And he's like, oh, ah. that's what it's literally like to be a, you know, black man, black woman. Um, <clears throat> in America, it's just like, and I'll just give this, you know, next small story. Like I, I floated the river not too long ago with my friend and I was in uh, Wilsonville and I went to the Safeway and this is just like a constant. And uh, I got, I just got like, yo, like I stuck out and it's like people, I was still helped, but like I was stared at like, why are you here? <laughs> Type of thing or like when we yeah. parked in a residential neighborhood. So it's like never stopping, it's just, for black people it's like it's never it's never it's never enough so it's so but i'm slightly getting off track but just like we're we see america different america treats us differently and like yo we're tired of it and to let's just switch gears like <clears throat> and let's just tackle you know kind of summarize a little bit of like what's going on and I don't want this to get misconstrued. <clears throat> Black people aren't being heard. And this is the result of, you know, not being heard over years, where I'll give you an example. MLK, peaceful, let's be peaceful. We got some things done, but still not heard, and still violence was, uh, had on peaceful protests. Malcolm X, by any means necessary, more more violent. <clears throat> Some things got done, still people aren't heard. And you know, we were uh, and we're at we're putting our hands in the air because no matter what we do, how we say it, whatever, is still never a good time. And I guess the question that I'm left on now is when it when is it a good time to talk about these things where, and I definitely want to open this up to you, it's kind of like, I get higher interest rates on loans and things because I'm African-American versus if you go into the bank, you might get a better deal. That doesn't have, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. And I guess, what are, what are, like, how are you conceptualizing? Because, yo, like, I think you get it, but do you think other like other friends, other counterparts, do you think they get why this is going on? I think the younger generation does to some degree. Um, because I think when people go out and speak out, um, they're more likely to listen, especially I think in today's world, we're more connected. So you have more like inter intersections of race, religion, of uh, ethnicities. So I feel like the younger generation gets it. And that's why like, my entire feed on Instagram, everyone I follow pretty much is on the Black Lives Matter movement. I think maybe I have one or two that are like somewhat not super into it. Um, I think it really comes down to the older generation that like, especially the older white generation that has been protected, have lived in the same suburb their whole life, you know, have never experienced other cultures that often only maybe, you know, they have a coworker who's black or a coworker who's Hispanic or something else. Uh, so they just don't see it to them. To them, they don't see that injustice and that like, you know, they don't notice, you know, getting stared at at the Safeway, like you mentioned, that doesn't happen to them. So they don't think that happens necessarily. So that's why it's really important now for, you know, 
people like you and other people within the African-American community, like, you know, point out what is specifically happening, what is going on and what can be done to change that? Yeah. Like, I, I guess for me, I'm at the point where I feel like if a black person is in a space and is open and willing to talk about or being open to like educate, then by all means do do that. But I'm I'm kind of also at the point where, yo, like it's time for y'all to do your research where we're as emotionally intelligent as I am. And this is just how I'm built. Like I always think about other people before I do things where I'm like, okay, or I do have my asshole moments, but it's kind of like, how are people not? And I'll just give it an example where it's kind of like, yo, where in this, in America, we have a right to protest, peacefully protest and all that other stuff. When the whole COVID situation was going down, I don't know what state, whatever, but you have people who are tired of being locked down. They march up to the Capitol with ARs, guns, and all that other stuff. They're yelling in police officers' faces, spit particles, all that other stuff about let us out. Okay. You have the ability to restrain yourselves and overhearing you. But when a kid, an adult, a woman, like you're at home playing video games or, you know, all like all these different situations that are coming to mind that's happened to black people where they're just asking for the same <laughs> rights and considerations that other people that that is promised because Yo, we contributed, we built America. And like, it's, I would say in the Pacific Northwest, it's more in the systems, but like, it's like, <laughs> it's like more hush hush. Like, people don't want to talk about that this doesn't exist where it, when it does. Where in my role in profession as a therapist, I feel like I have to constantly prove myself that I'm a competent therapist than my other counterpart partners were just ridiculous so i so i guess what do you what do you think that disconnect is from or yeah what do you think that disconnect is from people where it's kind of like you have these two things these uh, definitely contradiction where you have people with guns marching to the capitol and able to protest but people who are peacefully protesting they're causing a ruck, ruckus. They're obstructing traffic. Like, do you know the definition of a protest? Like, why do you why do you think we're we're having a difficult time seeing that um, that that difference? Where it's like this. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to say, but if I had to put it down to one thing, I'd say, you know, when those idiots protesting about letting you know america open and whatnot i think their goal was very clear it was like open america every state or whatnot and i think that's easier for like the media to understand so it was portrayed not on such like a high level such like a big deal even though like it was stupid versus like people pro peacefully you know trying to peacefully protest for you know the black lives matter movement I think it goes so many levels deep and it's so many like just in racial injustices, police brutality, um, 
just unfairness in general that like the media doesn't put like a clear like this is what they want i guess like you could say what they want is justice and fair opportunity but that uh, that like itself goes so deep so it's like it's not i think as cl- clear to define for like these medias and that's why it's portrayed differently and i you know um I would say I would define that as white privilege, like that being unable to define. And we'll kind of go into writing in, in a moment, but like I'll save this for the writing piece, but I, this is so relevant. It's rather that where I watched this news clip and it showed this white girl in what, some store, right? And the media outlet woman was like, look at this worker. She's, you know, trying to pick up and pick up the store but she was fucking looting the place. She had bags of shit. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay. But then you have, you know, the other writers and lures that, you know, some of them, were, you know, were, were black people and they were like, oh, look at, it's just like that, that sheer arrogance to not admit that there is privilege that, Oh, white privilege in America is just baffling to me because let's even break it down to this minutes where where guys we'll 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 slightly throw some data in here, right? Guys are like, oh yeah, like why can't we get into the club for you know for this or like or um why can't we wear certain things or and it's like there are some privileges that women get where women can wear certain things that other guys can't, or they get into clubs for, you know, different prizes, things like that. And that's just, you know, one thing that, one thing that goes, or, or, you know, you got the VIP rope and the people that is just, is, it's like, it's just like amazing that people don't see that. I have to work twice as hard as someone else. And yeah, so I'm 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 just more like at a loss for words a lot of, a lot a lot of the times because I'm just because this is just a lot. It's just like growing up being ingrained that you know I could just die from breathing and just taking up space and you know trying to build a community and society where that's not the standard or where I'm more judged on what Robert says and not what Robert looks like so um I guess just to get on back on topic which like white privilege is something that's not made up it's something that I've seen uh be affected from like job applications because I have a very white name Robert <laughs> and then I can see when they see me they're like oh you're Robert oh yo yo how you doing interesting <laughs> that, that okay. bullshit. but um <laughs> yeah I guess yeah to move to move this were because I want us to have as an openness conversation like what is your understanding of white privilege and all that and just what do you think other people who are white should know about white privilege i'll say this going through high school i never i thought white privilege was a myth that was me saying that going to a primarily white high school uh in a like a higher end uh neighborhood 
Mm. Um, it wasn't really until I got to college and I got to meet a lot more diverse people and a lot more, um, yeah, no, diverse group of, and the way just mentally diverse as well, that I realized like all the little things I can get away with that other people can't, you know, going to the mall with some of my, you know, not white friends, seeing the way, you know, cut employees look at them just and being out with you too i've noticed little like when we went to um safeway that one time noticing like people looking at you and me and I, that was like something i was you might have not noticed it but something i noticed you might you might be a little more used to it i'm not sure with the costco no when we went to safeway by your house really yeah just like we walked in and i immediately like noticed eyeballs which i like was not used to i was like am i dressed funny or something and then afterwards i thought about I'm like oh maybe I really know, well, maybe it's a racial thing but um little stuff like that like and i understand and kind of having that point of view i see why some white people don't understand white privilege but that's why i think it's really important to talk to people who aren't white and get their real life uh situations and try to understand where they're coming from and uh, seeing why it is a thing have you i'm i'll I'll be straight um because i did see you know uh you post and talk about this on your own personal feed did you have any difficult conversation with friends or lose any followers or anything like that or yeah no i didn't have any um difficult conversations uh i I will say this my friend uh nick who he's croatian Mm. he commented on my post when i did like the blackout tuesday he put like hashtag uh slav lives matter which at first i was like oh that's kind of funny and then i thought about like wait i don't know if i like that and i was thinking about deleting it because that kind of takes away from what the movement's about but then i was like well then that's me denying his freedom of speech i don't want to be that person either and then then i started thinking about it being like okay wait the slav community kind of does have an underlying racist background because if you know if you're coming from Eastern Europe, it's nothing but white people, mm. and they look they look, they look extremely down on anyone that's not you know white. Mm. Point to point to gypsies, point to African immigrants, um, and then I started looking more into it. Found out the cop, his name Derek Chuvin. That's a very Russian name, and mm. I was like, oh, interesting. So then now I'm thinking of ways I can help the Slav community to not be so fucking racist. Mm-hmm. As a member, you know, being Romanian, I, I'd love to think of ways I could kind of reach out and kind of, because I've noticed this too through like some Ukrainian friends I have, they have some very racial undertones mm. about, you know, the way they, they, they talk about other races. And it's, yeah, and I feel like it's some part in my duty to change that. Because I love the Slav community, but I don't want to be part of something like that. Mm. I I I guess I kind of want to also pick your brain about because for me like because I've identified you as like as a safe person uh, to talk to you about uh, certain things. What do kind of same same kind of same question kind of same question right? What do you think <clears throat> other and we'll just keep it just white people can do to talk about white privilege because you just said like you know high school 
you know, you had, you transformed this, is you, like you went through that. And there's some people who are very rooted in that and they just don't even believe it. We're like, I know Rush Limbaugh was on the breakfast club and he was talking about, he agreed, but he's like, Oh, I, you know, I don't believe in white privilege, white privileges. You go into the store, you don't get followed like that, is, that, or I don't get stopped excessively. Like, what do you, what do you, yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about Wait, who said that? Oh, uh, Rush Limbaugh. I don't know who that is. Oh, really? Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> a staunch Republican uh, radio guy. Uh, but is he is he white? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what yeah. do you what do you think that other uh, for any listeners that are potentially um, uh, white? Do you think mm-hmm. that can help move the conversation and change in your own way when it comes to you know combating white privilege on a white to white level? I mean, the most natural way to do it is just have friends that aren't all white. I think that opens up your eyes, you know, go, go like, you know, when I went to cut, when you let me into your house, that like opened up so much for me, kind of into who you are, into your culture. And that actually had a big impact on me. Uh, So just going inside houses of other people and understanding, you know, where they come from, I think plays a huge part naturally, you know, but if you can't do it naturally, I think, you know, doing your own research, going online, listening to black speakers is another way. Tell their stories and yeah, just kind of try to hear out what people are saying so that, you know, you can be aware. And then also just have like an open eye, like to situations where like you might have that privilege, whether that's in a store, whether that's talking to police officers, whether that's how you get treated in a classroom, you know, I feel like white kids probably get away with more than like a black kid, black kids do. So yeah, interrupt that shit. Easy. Like it's mm-hmm. definitely where it's kind of like, I know if I'm out with, with you and like, we'll just say we're in a more multicultural setting. Like I definitely like, if they have like any uh, undertones where I'm like, nah, cost is cool. Where I'm like, I'm using my blackness and I'm not trying to say, Oh, cost has a black guard. I'm like, no, he, he's, you know, he's Romanian. Like he's his own man. Like he's cool people, but I'm not going to put that. I'm, I'm going to use my, my, what I have, my privilege or, 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 you know, that is kind of, I, that's another debate about black prison, but it's kind of like, if I'm in, if you're entering a space when you're a minority or anything like that, and I'm definitely with you, I'm, I'm going to be like, Oh, I'm going to use this to my advantage. We're like, if we're, if you're seeking counseling stuff, I'm going to use my counseling privilege and knowledge to, you know, <laughs> you know, to help you out where like it's getting to a point where like even in public you see something just like and like interrupting that shit where it's kind of like, not on my watch like that's some like some bullshit but um also switching gears to be mindful of times i want to leave other space for like for like solutions i just want to make this one say about the writing and living in our american system and our american society <laughs> as black people we haven't had stuff slavery was like 400 years ago Literally, in that 400 years, we uh, fought in the Civil War. Then we had to deal with Jim Crow. Then we had to deal with segregation, uh, broken promises. So if people are so outraged about rioting and looting, we are, we are still not seeing the point. People are dying. Like, you can replace this. TV up there, all that stuff, but the people that have passed, you only get one life. And that's the part where I'm not saying writing and looting is the, what do you call it, <clears throat> is is okay. 
but it's hard for me to condemn those people when we just got a one, uh, we got one check. We have so many people unemployed. And this also like leads me to the next point where I'm willing to go with this conversation is, yo, so you're going to be mad at the dude and the father who, who worked a 40 hour work week and was living paycheck to paycheck with his kids, with his wife, family, would say, what's the name? His wife is sick too as well. Right. And they tell us to stay home. We get one check <laughs> one time. Yo, Target is fucking open. I have some people to feed. Is that inherently a bad person that he looted food for his family? And we don't know when we're out of these phases and things like that. Um, so like, it's just baffles me that people can't think on that, that level where it's kind of like, it's hard for me to condemn them. But also I'm like, ah, I wouldn't do that. But I have the means where I, where I don't have to, um, uh, that, you know, I, I don't do that. But it's just like, what more do people have to be heard? Like, this is because, like, we've tried, and this kind of leads us into our, our next statement. But I definitely want to get your take on the, the, yeah. the writing, writing, looting, but, like, not being heard. Like, we've tried almost everything, and people still don't hear us. The only one to hear us when we're shooting, or not shooting a gun, but shooting uh, basketballs, acting, all the like, you guys don't hear us. Like, but, um, that's my take on the whole rioting and looting thing. Uh, so yeah, what are, what, are, what, are you, what are you thinking? I mean, in terms of that stuff, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's a touchy st- uh, subject, I think. Um, I don't care if you, lo- you, know, if you loot a Target, a Walmart, those companies would be fine. I do feel bad for the small businesses. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. here, here, here in Portland, I've noticed um, like Compound was looted. Mm-hmm. Um, hair was looted. Which people say, oh, you know, those are streetwear stores or whatnot. But it's like, hair, uh, hair was really hit because they're like, it's started by one guy, have a couple employees. Uh, it's all his own money. And, you know, now they have a GoFundMe to try to raise money to, you know, buy a new product. And um, so he doesn't have any insurance system to where, you know, all that product, it's lost. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And then I I think it's especially bad when like you see um minority owned businesses having to defend themselves like uh Index is another mm-hmm. it's a sneaker place downtown Portland and uh they post up there with guns every night. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're uh Filipino owned, I believe. I think I believe it's Filipino. Um So, it's you know, seeing that, it's like um, you know, minorities being affected but then, you know, having to take extreme measures like that, I just think like, I don't know, that's kind of depressing to see in America, but it's the times we live in right now. Um, I don't know. So I'm like, I'm kind of 50-50 on the writing. I don't think it's going to create much change. And I think a lot of like, if you want to go and riot or loot for um, groceries, for basic need stuff, mm. I, I'm totally fine with that. I think, you know, that that's acceptable in today's economy. But if, you know, you're going out and stealing a pair of Yeezys or, you know, or if you're like, I saw in downtown LA, they like looted the cause store, stole like the $50,000 statue that they have out by the window. You're just doing that. Cause you want to take that. And what I'll add on top of it is what I'm seeing too, is most of this, right? Like looting is done by white people, which then that really doesn't make it right. 
because now you're making the whole movement look way worse because you're being selfish and you just want some quick financial gain out of this. And that's what pissed me off with that. Uh, and I, I know we're sli- I'm not, I'm trying to my best to stay on topic. That's what kind of just pissed me off with like the Jake Paul, Logan Paul. Whatever. Yeah. Do you see Jake Paul got uh, arrested? No. He got arrested in Arizona for, cause there was video proof of him um, looting. Cause originally he was just filming but then they had video proof of him looting as well. So he got arrested. And that's the shit that I'm talking about, where it's kind of like in this rioting, protesting system, we have, you know, the compost, the calm protesters. Uh, we have, you know, I would say the mid-tier protesters where they're like, they're, they're emotional. They're like, a lot of this stuff is going on. And then you have, and then I just put a hard borderline of like, it's the night. Mm-hmm. And then you have these opportunists and I'm talking about from both sides. I don't even know if Antifa exists. I know the whole. Oh yeah, they do. I know. I know about the um, the good old boys and that kind of stuff. I've I've definitely seen those people like around here, depending on where you go and. Um, what the the um, Proud Boys? Yeah, the or the staunch Republicans. Like there's certain parts of Oregon I don't, I'm not fucking with. I would have no. That's really, that's funny. I've seen way more Antifa like downtown. <laughs> And like I saw this video too, and it's this club of like views of like you have this couple. This oh, you saw, saw that? Video. I think I saw that video too. And that's the shit that I'm talking about. Where it's kind of like, like from a logical standpoint, if you fucking really think I can get the anger and unrest, and it's just the people like them. And there are other, there are other races who are you know opportunists. We're kind of like, and we, we're talking about media. Media is not talking about that. Media is, you know, whoever owns that network, that's the side of the story that they're talking about. And um, <clears throat> it's just like, it's for me, for me, it's just, it's just hard to be like, oh yeah, you shouldn't do that. But I'm like, yo, well, if I do take, you know, I'll just say you, these Yeezys, right? And I'm, I'm saying, if I do take these Yeezys, maybe I can put them on the internet and flip them. So, you know, but, I'm like, I'm, I'm in the middle with that. I'm not even out front, but um, I definitely don't condone some of the violence. And um, uh, we're like, I've just seen a lot of peaceful protesters. Uh, like the old man got pushed, bleeding out, guy taking down his fucking scarf and spray him. And it's just kind of like, there's too many, there's not enough de-escalation when it comes to um, these things. And like, I'm just kind of like, how do you like, this is exactly what I knew was going to happen. So I want to get to like the major point of why we're having this episode is moving shit forward with solutions. Right. And at the expense of, I hate to bring up the NFL fucking Drew Brees. (laughs) Drew Brees is exactly what's going wrong. What's going on. Right. Yep. Um, I can paraphrase Drew Brees was pretty much having an interview with Yahoo and he was just talking about, um, I can't, and this is the, if you have to pay attention to his words, he's like, I could never understand or agree with anyone who kneels for the flag and things like that. Cause he said it's a grandfather's fought in war. And he's like, when I look at it, this is what I feel. This is what I feel like. Right. And then he caught a lot of back, bla- uh, <laughs> he caught a lot of backlash. Yeah, I, I have the direct quote. Do you want me to read it? Oh, please, please. Uh, okay, so he said, 
uh, transcribe a breeze's quote. Uh, I will never agree. Oh, God damn it, Yahoo. Okay, I will never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me just tell you what I see or what I feel about the national anthem is played. And when I look at the flag of the United States, um, it goes on. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps. Both risked their lives. Um, yeah. And to paraphrase, yeah, that's kind of the main part. That was everything. But yeah. So here's the thing, because we kind of talked about this earlier, where it's kind of like, and this is where I want to pass this on to whoever watches this, our viewers, where you may have that view and right, right? When you look at the flag, but this is the arrogance of like white privilege where it comes to you're putting, and then like in counseling, you're putting your projection, your thoughts, feelings onto me. Because I can tell you right now, I can't almost say all black people, but when a lot of black people look at the flag, they see police brutality, an uncle, an aunt, a little niece dying, being assaulted, being denied a loan, where they've worked so hard. And like, this is the question I would ask you, Breeze. What do you think, do you, were there only white people fighting in World War II? What happened to the black folks that fought and they were promised when you come back, you're gonna get a house, all this other stuff. Uh, you could be community leaders. And then when they got back, they were like, yo, hop up in the back. Of what? Oh, of a new nice car? No, the bus, all that bullshit. And like, it's like, that is the essence of white privilege not like not not knowing like there's a difference like you have an opportunity to not worry about this we have to worry about this non-stop and that's kind of what i wanted to talk about because <clears throat> i don't know if this will get demonetized hell we don't make money from this anyway but like <laughs> like when we look at the situation with Colin, whether you agree or not, I know actually we never talked about the Colin Kaepernick situation between me and you, but uh, whether you agree with it or not, where it's kind of like, this is the piece that no one's talking about. Two things. One, Colin initially sat. And then out of respect, because he doesn't want to project all the things that are going on police brutality onto everyone because he's cognitively, uh, 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 having cognitive flexibility, right? He seeks out someone else where I'm like, hey, what can I do so I'm not offending these other people and I'm also getting my point across? He hits up a ranger. Ranger's like, kneeling is okay. Yeah. He does that and it's still not enough. And now we're, now we're getting to this point where everyone's like, that's not how you protest, not how you do this. We're like, he already did that. Like he did his due diligence. You guys have still yet to acknowledge, like I'm kneeling because no one's caring about my people dying. I don't give a fuck about what he's talking about, his career or not, or, you know, he grew into this role. Maybe he didn't think this was gonna go or, or went, but like he did the work and it's kinda like, and I have a second 2.0 to that, but please stop me. Am I making sense? Where it's kinda like, yo, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I think it really fell on the fault of the media. They did not push that at all. Like uh, the whole fact that he reached out uh, for information on how to do it respectably. Uh, that was not covered. It was pretty much black or white. Like, 
either you were with him or you thought he was disrespecting the country and hated him. And and I'll even I'll yeah media in its own right yeah it's just like I get how some white people can see the flag and have and be proud about that but why can't they see the other side that you know black people uh, brown people immigrants where that flag means something this flag is supposed to be opportunity for all of us it doesn't mean opportunity for all of us some people show me the American flag and that is used as a weapon where it's kind of like the whole Karen situation. I'm going to call the police and say a black man is harassing me. That is a threat. And the fact that people don't want to have these difficult conversations is that, yo, like we're different. We want to celebrate being different. But like when it comes to the life of liberty and pursuit of happiness, we have to have impartial people. And then my second point with kneeling, right? In our society, if we look at the history of like kneeling, right? Because in other countries you bow and all this other stuff. We put emphasis, and this is another tactic for us to get away from what we truly, you know, or getting away from the whole point is, um, when you get married, you get on one knee, you bow down to whomever your partner is. When you go to certain religious, um, ceremonies there are pillows where you put both your knees down and you're submitting you're giving yourself so for the people who are like it's not the right time to do it where are you caping for all these other other things in like especially in religion that more even more sacred where it's kind of like what's not oh the american anthem is an oppressive song <laughs> like they don't broadcast the other stanza for a reason so why do you think people are just ignoring that fact that there's kneeling across our culture and now you won't go any further we kneel in religious and in marriage yeah I, I don't know man um yeah no like i'm part of the orthodox church we kneel when we pray um so i don't know i feel like because of, it was a racial thing. It was just easy for people to be like, yeah, this is disrespectful for our country. And then it didn't help that like a lot. It, I feel like for the military, it's pretty split. I I do think primar- from what I saw from like people who served in the military, they were kind of uh, saw it a little bit as a disrespectful thing. But then I, I did see a lot of military people, you know, people saying this is like the right way to protest. So I don't know. Uh, but now looking at it, it's like foreshadow. Now it's like the NFL. Uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick deserves an apology from the NFL, which I saw. I saw some people saying it for, throughout the league. Um, and yeah, I heard Goodell's uh, apology. It, they, Colin, uh, Colin needs his own separate like line. Yeah, and, no, he he needs like a direct apology. <laughs> direct apology and an opportunity. Even though I'm more of a basketball dude, he needs. Um, and I'm not talking about what she said. <laughs> I'm not even gonna talk about what she talked about KD and, and LeBron about shut up and dribble. We're not bringing her up. The oh fuck that! Right. Yeah, but lady. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like he needs his own separate line, and he needs an opportunity to get a backup role, starting role. He just needs an opportunity. But um, I at least want to leave like us. I want to leave like, what do you call it? A segment for these two things where 
I don't have all the answers. I, I can, I can always openly, openly say that, you know, I'm trying to find that. That's why I'm a therapist. So I can help on the back end of mental health of a lot of black men and a lot of black women and other people. But, um, I just have to say this, this all lives matters bullshit is fucking stupid. I just have this one little bit. I definitely want to say it's like going to a fucking funeral and they're like, this was a good man that lays here. And then someone standing up. But yeah, what about my grandpa? He was a good man too. He died. Shut the fuck up. It's not his fucking moment. <laughs> it's not yeah. his fucking moment. Shut the, like, no. And I keep saying this. No black person is saying that other people's lives don't matter. When we're just saying, because we're on fire. We're the, we're, we're, we're. It's just, I just have to voice that one thing, but I at yeah, least yeah. want to move to this last bit and just talking about overall solutions and something that I'm doing. And um, I don't know, um, um, maybe just more, more of your opinion, but one of the main reasons why I became a therapist is to, you know, help the black community. And um, <clears throat> I definitely think that it's time for us to, you know, have those difficult conversations within ourselves, like in the black community between us about what we can do to heal. And there's this thing called like interracial, uh, uh, intergenerational, I'm butchering it, because <laughs> y'all know me, uh, trauma, where it's kind of like literally slavery is 400 years ago and the police are a product of um, a slavery capturing unit. And like, in, like, like, we still have those, some of those, like intense moments with police and like that's like where the police were born from and like we have to you know find different ways to like express ourselves in these outlets where it's kind of like this is going on this is affecting us and it's we gotta not say it's not fine anymore because like that's what we do to persevere we're like that's a bit where i'm like i'm a go-getter i keep going 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 because i know when i get into a role i can speak up I can definitely, you know, put my money, put my business uh, to a better place to help other black people. Just for today, I'm just highlight the black people and being like, I'm gonna have a voice for us and platform and just having these typical conversations that we're having like today where um, I'm going to interrupt or intervene um, <clears throat> um, when I see stuff like that. And I feel like if we become more business owners, we're able to talk about our mental health issues and be able to lean on one another, that we can have a different outcome and, and, and like, you know, live, build and live a life that's worth living for us all. For like, when we have kids, like, cause racism is not going to go away. Our response to racism has to change where like when we have kids and, you know, <laughs> like they can, you know, play and be cool, <laughs> like, you know, or they can go to school and they'll be judged on just about who they are. And like, I just want to tell people to, you know, take care of your mental health, talk to people. Um, it's okay to take a rest, um, whether you're protesting, doing things from the shadows um, or not, it is okay, do what you have to do. Um, you don't have to educate every white person, um, but if you are in the space, definitely do that. But just know better days are coming. And the thing is, don't lose this. The day that we give up hope and say, fuck it, we have to give and pass the baton to the next generation for them to keep this going. Because one day, this won't be as big as a conversation. This is just something that we'll just say in Germany, they have like a 
or I think it's Australia, they have a week of like mourning or like week of like understanding of like this fucking happened to indigenous people or it's kind of like maybe we can put this in our education school from K through 12 where like it's gonna be like yo you're still hung up that you're about black people or Latino people or Asian people like yo that's so fucking high school get up fucking over it but um that's that's where I'm at man so yeah I mean if I if I have something to say um I took quite a bit of criminology classes in college because I found them interesting as electives. Um, and I think really this issue has to start through, uh, you know, police academies and really figuring out better tactics to de-escalate situations. Um, I had a great professor. His name was, uh, he's former chief of police in Hillsborough, uh, officer Ron Louis, And he was, he was great. He was great at, um, he actually worked as a hostage uh, negotiator. And he was a chief of police and he gave a lot of in-class examples about how to uh, de-escalate situations, how to, you know, deal with someone who uh, has, you know, a weapon or something and how to kind of cool down uh, situations. And that was really great. So that was my perspective of kind of, you know, police and something. But then, you know, you realize that, you know, not everyone can be like that. Not everyone can be at, as good at their job as like he was or, you know, run a tight ship like he did when he was chief of police in Hillsborough. So I think it really just comes to quality control within the policing system. And yeah, and having harsher penalties for when, you know, lines are crossed. So glad you, yeah, with, with that and then accountability where um, I don't care what George Floyd did, um, and he didn't have no drugs in his fucking system. That's a fucking trick. They always fucking say drugs. Fucking wasn't on. He wasn't on drugs. But if we can hold those people accountable, they'll be less deterred to do that shit. Yeah, like something interesting in the police system is um, if you get cited for doing something bad, uh, if you leave before they fire you, you can go work at another jurisdiction. So like. This happened, um, yeah, uh, Professor Louis was talking about this, how uh, an officer tased a Latino man too many times and pretty much knocked the guy out through using the taser. And um, he actually didn't leave. They had to fire him and take his badge away. But if he would have left before, they would have, um, you know, convicted him and taken his badge away. He just could have gone and worked at, like, you know, he was with Washington County. He could go work, like, Portland Police. He could go work. Any, anywhere other county um you know our hope is that with all the stuff that is going on this moves into change and i think for us going forward um something that we will definitely add in our shows um is you know making sure that we're holding you know guests ourselves to you know accountability of like race is a big thing races and dating and like we i know we're going to be allies to everyone and um <clears throat> what i caution everyone is everything starts with patience it starts with de-escalation it starts with compromise and that's a truly harmonious uh thing that we can do and it's possible it's difficult it's tough it takes more time but um, I know that's one thing that Plato games. That's what I know Robert 
cost, something that we're gonna, you know, we're fighting for and the good fight's not over. And um, yeah, so more accountability and everything, all that, and we can do this. Yep. <sighs> Hopefully we don't need like an alien race to be like, well, we're gonna kill all humans, we don't care. Hopefully, and that's why I feel like we like on a outro note, like we need this villain where I'm like, we can live in a society that you know where we're all giving a fair chance, and the, the where you're at is based upon your drive. Like we'll still have classism within it. It's just, oh no, the reason why you're not here is because of this, and not because of this. So yeah, it's interesting you bring up the whole villain thing because I feel like when COVID was bigger and scarier, mm. I felt like a lot of people came together and it was like the mm. whole country kind of came together to fight it. And then now that like it cooled down, we go back to like fighting each other and having our own like issues within e- the country. Man, COVID was a, how did that meme say? COVID had a three, one, three, one lead. And, and racism said, hold my beer. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> But, um, you know, I'm all about that laughing stuff, but I'm glad we could mm-hmm. end it on that. But no, I appreciate you, brother, for, uh, uh, for being able to have this conversation and, you know, many more to come. And um, uh, this has been Play No Games and um, this hopefully, yeah, well, ah, this is how I speak. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, Rest in peace, many blessings to the people off to police brutality. Um, more importantly, highlighting the black people, but anyone else, um, we can change these things. And um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> All right. All right. Yep. Recording is done. Oh no, start video. Of course, mine's recording longer. How do you stop recording? Oh. Uh, at the bottom? Hit the, the. What? Oh, I see pause it.
you gon' get me in some trouble, ooh, damn you so fine, I should double you Baby, I came here to win, ain't taking no L's, I ain't come to lose I'm rockin' come take our songs, oh, that's your friend, she should come with you Chase, 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 chase On me, for me, chase, 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 chase